And welcome to the Virtual Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is Frank Scappatici with a new type of episode that we're going to be launching this week. Each week, we're going to drop a longer form episode that's 30 to 40 minutes. Sometimes those episodes will have a guest. And then once a week, we're going to do a five to 10 minute podcast um, that's really meant for people who are in a hurry, but they want to learn about real estate and they want to do it quick. So we're going to do really short bits um, and disseminate information to help people learn. And that's what we're doing today. So John will not be with us. I'll be solo. So today in our short clip, um, we're going to talk about wholesaling state of the union, what's going on in wholesaling and um, how um, market conditions are changing. So first I want to talk about iBuyers. We talked about this in our longer episode this week. iBuyers, some of them are becoming profitable, which if you asked me a year ago, if this was going to happen, I would have said no. They were so far away from profitability a year ago, two years ago. It seemed like it was going to take them till 2030 to reach profitability within a quarter, but OfferPad actually was able to achieve that in Q2. So what does that mean? I think it means that, especially in larger cities where iBuyer presence already exists, they're going to continue to take up more and more market share of single family housing. And they will move down market over time too, moving from cities like Phoenix down to cities like Tucson, or maybe even cities like uh, Colleen, Texas, an hour outside of Austin. So big institutional players, Wall Street, they're going to continue to buy, and they're going to continue to buy in smaller and smaller cities. In the short term, what's going on in wholesaling? How's that impacting someone who's trying to lock up off-market deals? Well, I think we can expect that this will make bigger markets more and more competitive, pushing wholesalers and off-market dealers down to smaller cities and tertiary markets, which is already happening, but I think it will continue to happen. I think the people that will succeed in cities that are super competitive, like Phoenix, um, will have to have another differentiator besides being just good at marketing. People like Pace Morby pitched that they can pay a higher price because they're acquiring houses using creative financing or subject to. I think that works. I think you can do that. I think you can succeed that way. But I don't think if you are just doing marketing and you only um, are offering cash deals, I think you are going to see your margins compressed in the larger cities over the next two to five years. That's my prediction. Other things that are going on in wholesaling that are interesting. On the marketing side, we saw in 2020, SMS and text, text marketing, meaning you're sending text messages out to homeowners, got disrupted. Carriers like Verizon and AT&T, they limited the amount of texts larger operations could send. If you're a solopreneur and you're sending out 3,000 messages a month or less, you're probably not feeling this pain, or maybe you are, and I'm just not aware. But I know if you're sending out 10,000 or more text messages a month, you're getting capped and your numbers that you're sending those texts from are getting burned because the carriers are starting to treat you as spam. We saw that in 2020, and a lot of people who were doing text added cold calling to their outbound marketing repertoire. In 2021, we're seeing a very similar behavior over the last two months with cold calling. Carriers are starting to burn our numbers. And I know other wholesalers are seeing the same thing. So what I'm getting at here is I think we're going to start seeing a trend where players are going to either diversify their marketing channels, meaning if you're doing 10 plus contracts a month and you were only using one channel, maybe it's text or maybe it's cold calling, you might have to add another channel and diversify so that you don't get your numbers treated as spam. So to support the same business that you're currently doing, you might have to add another channel. I think we'll also see some people exit cold calling and SMS entirely. And I think we'll continue to see people invest in things like direct mail, radio, billboards, and more old school analog styles of marketing 
as the uh, outbound, um, basically phone-based marketing gets disrupted. I think it's also possible you'll see more people go into PPC or pay-per-click or Google ads, but I think that space is already a little crowded and it's quite expensive. So I don't think we're going to see as big of an influx there as we do in some of the older school um, marketing channels. I could be wrong though. Um, we, we invest in PPC in our company and we're starting to see success. So who knows? In general, my thoughts on uh, just general wholesaling tidbits I want to share with people, um, stuff that we see um, is going on. We operate in Florida and Texas, like a lot of other people. It's uber competitive. Everyone knows that. Sellers are expecting slightly higher prices. A year ago, when we started this company, we were offering 70% of resale value minus repairs in tertiary cities. Now we're offering at least 75 as our max allowable offer. We just have to stay competitive and we can't buy things for 60 cents on the dollar at scale anymore. If you're a solopreneur, you can. But if you're doing 20 contracts a month, I think it's hard to do that. So we've definitely raised our max allowable offer. Um, but an interesting thing that's also happening is the market, the real estate market across the country is appreciating at such a rate that it's hard for buyers, cash buyers to underwrite deals appropriately. It's hard to actually tell what a deal is. We're at a clip of 25% house appreciation over the last two years, which is almost unprecedented. It's incredible. That means that almost every deal that hits a cash buyer's email, if it appreciates at that rate, is probably a deal. In reality, you could pay retail at this rate. And then two years from now, you got a great house, right? So I think I think that's hard for buyers to, um, to, it makes deals hard to evaluate for buyers because that would mean they should buy everything. But obviously you can't underwrite that way. So what I think we're seeing is people, people are locking up single family hose, homes at higher prices and buyers are looking at those deals and they're saying, those margins are really tight. I can't underwrite um, these deals assuming market conditions will continue. So I think we're going to continue to see, like we have seen, wholesalers turn into pseudo house flippers. Uh, we call it wholetailing in our industry. Basically, you buy a house uh, with hard money or private money or your own cash. You do bare minimum renovations to it. Maybe if the house is a mess, you just clean it up. You list it with an agent or list it yourself and you sell it immediately. I think we're going to continue to see that because the only people that... Uh, <laughs> can evaluate deals maybe in this market are people that are doing comps every single day. That's how fluid um, the market actually is. So I think we're going to continue to see people who are used to brokering deals actually flip the houses themselves out of necessity. Um, but I also think in the short term, that might be the most profitable option for many, many players. Um, so that, this is our short episode. I, uh, I think I kept that to about five minutes. We're going to try to drop content like this every week or so. And uh, I want feedback from you guys, from our community. Let us know what you guys want to hear about. Drop it on our Instagram page, at Grayline Investments, or uh, shoot us a note. I'm Frank at GraylineInvestments.com. Have a good day and uh, peace.